Welcome. Fox try to get a foxhole. Episode 25, season 1. Thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful theme song, you know, helping us struggling podcasters out with some tools to make us a little more professional. Good job those folks are doing. As always, if you have any feedback, comments, or suggestions, or just, you know, want to come on the show, or just say, hey, ftinfx at gmail.com. Love to hear from you all. Ken Harlan, your faithful host. Time for another weekly dive into the world of sports. A lot going on this past week, as every week, but I think more so than usual. So let's not uh, waste any time here. Let's start rocking this. And so, as we always do every week, kind of like flip a coin, but basically we start out with our COVID report. And we will start, as usual, with... The COVID Chronicles. Well, our friend COVID on the Pelotron, in the gym, taking the clear of the cream, just getting stronger by the week. And the impact that it's having on the sports world, it's pretty significant. It's been that way for months, but I think right now, as we start to get into very vital games, Major League Soccer, NFL playoffs are coming, college football, Playoff is just a nightmare. Definitely, you know, what was it? The world according to the GARP. No, this is the world according to COVID. And it's a pretty scary landscape this week. So we'll start out talking about the Ravens and the Steelers, a game that was scheduled for tomorrow as we are taping the show on a rare Wednesday night, the day before Thanksgiving. Normally, there's three games on Thanksgiving. However... There's only going to be two because the Ravens and Steelers have been moved this Sunday after there were multiple positive cases in the Ravens organization this week. Yeah, pretty crazy stuff there. Um, I was kind of wondering whether or not this game was going to go off tomorrow, which of course leaves a gaping hole. I'm sure the folks at NBC are just like going, gee, thanks. (laughs) I mean, right? As fans, what are we stuck with? The Texans and the Lions. Cowboys and the Redskins, which used to be, oh, excuse me, the Washington football team. So for me, it's going to be good because, you know, I always like to watch my boys, especially against the Cowboys. It's going to be a grudge match, two, three, and seven teams. But I think for the rest of the football world, not having the Steelers and Ravens, that hits home pretty hard. You know, we were all looking forward to that 5 o'clock matchup after having a belly full of turkey and all the fixins and adult beverages and all the other good stuff that we do on this day of thanks. Not going to be the case. It's going to be a Sunday. And it just illustrates you know, how precarious COVID's made things. Raiders had a crazy week as well. In fact, they sent eight players to the COVID reserve list. It didn't get them back till Saturday. What did that mean? No practice time. No reps. 
Sure, they probably had meetings via Zoom or Google Meets or whatever platform it is that they're using. Yeah. And you know what? You're going to give the Raiders some credit. You know, battle of the Chiefs pretty hard considering all the hardships that they face. We'll talk a little bit about that more when we do our NFL wrap-up in a few segments from now. You had people like Trent Williams tested positive for, for COVID last week. Miles Garrett, Adam Thielen went on the uh, virus reserve list the next day after that uh, wild game down in Texas. Crazy stuff. Uh, you get away from the NFL and you have the Wagon brothers who tested positive for COVID-19 and they missed their 11-20 playoff game. Obviously, Inter-Miami missed those guys as they lost to Nashville. We'll talk about that when we wrap up the beautiful game here shortly. But yeah, not having those two in the lineup. LAFC last night played Seattle. Seattle had a positive case. LAFC had four guys who couldn't who didn't play last night. Diego Rossi, Golden Boat Runner, Brian Rodriguez. So Basically, COVID's having a hardcore impact. I mean, we're talking playoff games here where you're missing key players. Now, a lot of this had to do with the international break, as I railed on last week, especially now making people travel and just all the interchange of people and locations. We knew there was going to be a bad situation from this, and unfortunately, it's impacted some MLS teams. You know, LAFC definitely last night. We'll get into that in a little bit. Over in League One, over in France, you know, as I follow League One, as a big fan of the Red and Blues, tell you that Marseille and Nice were off because too many positive cases with both squads. Yeah, you wonder with all these games canceled and just if you can even reschedule them. You know, they're having a big problem in college football. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, logistic wise, uh, this is just is really becoming a nightmare. And the amount of flexibility that we had in the beginning is starting to narrow, if not disappear. That said, England's ready to let fans back into the stadium starting December 2nd. We'll see how that goes, given that when they made that announcement, it seems like there's just been, you know, spiking out of control. They may want to reconsider that, but... Over here, looking at uh, Guadalajara, Jeeves, and Club America, they're getting their quarterfinal matchup right now, and their stands, their fans in the stands, that are socially distanced. So I don't know if we're going to move away from that or whether or not teams are going to move forward. It just seems to be like it's kind of 50 50. Uh, I can tell you that, for example, Toronto. The Raptors, they wanted to have home fans. They wanted to have home games, period. But the Canadian government has maintained its position that that's just not going to happen. As you know, the Blue Jays were played in Buffalo. Whitecaps were based out of Portland. Oh, you know, all the Canada teams have had to you know, set up shop in the United States. That's going to continue, at least for the beginning of the 2021 NBA season, because the Canadian government has denied the Raptors' bid to have games in Canada. They're just not having it because they don't trust 
the they can keep their people safe if these people are traveling to the United States where, you know, obviously COVID is out of control. See, the Blue Jackets and the Golden Knights, as far as the NHL are concerned, they had major outbreaks last week as the NHL, you know, edging towards the 2021 season. A lot of big concern there. They're going to have problems. Obviously, they're talking about bubble cities, but obviously, if you're having teams dealing with this even before you hit the ground, reason for concern. And for the financial side of things, that's pretty significant as well. Uh, MLS reported last week that they're going to cut 20% of its staff. You know, basically, the revenue hits that COVID has caused significant there. The Dodgers, after winning the World Series, they slashed a number of people, folks who'd been part of the organization for many, many years. Uh, very unfortunate thing to see at this point in time, but that just gives you an idea. You know, I've talked in previous weeks about some of these college teams predicting anywhere from losses from 50 to 100 million. Lose that kind of money, people are going to lose their jobs. And it's just sad. Hopefully, we get the vaccine and the therapeutics out there in the first quarter of 2021 so these people can get their jobs back and their livelihoods. Yeah, pretty scary situation. All right, so that's the first block. We will be back shortly with a 43,000-foot view above campus. Welcome back to Boon Talk Studios on a Thanksgiving Eve. Nice autumn night with a little chill to it. Just sitting here watching a little Liga MX with Chivas now leading Club America 1-0, 83rd minute. A little exciting stuff here on a Wednesday night. A lot of great football proper over the past couple of days. If you're a fan, definitely like a kid in a candy store. Champions League and MLS was like dang, soccer all day long. But we'll get to that in a minute. Anyways, it's time to like hop aboard the Concord because we've recommissioned it and fly at 43,000 feet and take a look above campus and what's going on there this week. And oh man, is there plenty going on on campus this week. Our man, St. Nick, as we talked about a few weeks ago, we thought he tested positive, but that turned out to be negative and all that stuff. I still had my suspicions about that, but I guess no more because Nick has tested positive once again, and this time it's not negative. He's not going to coach in the Iron Bowl this week. He's quarantined. He's feeling symptoms, but he says he feels all right. We're keeping an eye on that. A lot of coaches... You know, we talked about Bayheim and the Izzos and, you know, have a couple of other people that, you know, like Miami's uh, coach Diaz, he tested. Tennessee coach Rick Barnes, basketball coach, Baylor's uh, basketball coach also tested positive. So, yes, it's just COVID's 
spreading like crazy. It seems that all these people involved in these programs know they're interacting with a lot of folks, and I know that just like here in Eugene, as far as controlling the spread on these campuses, is proving next to impossible. And you're seeing it as these coaches of these big programs are starting to test positive. <clears throat> I mean, there was like 15 games that were off the board last week. Uh, you know, Badgers had another game canceled, which means that there's a possibility they may not be able to play in the Big Ten Championship, although my money's on that if it happens to Ohio State, the Big Ten will find an exemption so they don't lose out on all that pay playoff cash. That's just me. There was no fans, actually, for the, when the Buckeyes and the Hoosiers met the horseshoe. Great game. We'll talk about that in a second. That reverses the policy where they had fans, but now, with as we said, with COVID spiking way out of control, basically the safe play right now is to not have any fans. Well, at least that's what they're, they're doing in Columbus. So, I mean, in terms of games that are off, like Maryland, Michigan State, Wazoo, Stanford, Clemson, FSU is now off. Talk about that here real quickly. So for the Clemson and FSU game, apparently Clemson had traveled all the way down to Tallahassee last weekend. There was a Clemson player that tested positive. And so Florida State, out of, out of precaution, decided they didn't want to play in consultation with the ACC. Well, our friend Mr. Dabo was not happy about it. I'm sure if you watch ESPN or FS1, you heard his rants. Pretty angry, basically going out and just saying that FSU used COVID as an excuse to get out of getting their butts kicked. And FSU's coach replied by saying, you're not a doctor. And so there's just like all of this back and forth. I mean, I get Davos' point. You know, he's basically saying that, you know, I don't want to play this game again. You pay for our traveling expenses. As far as I'm concerned, you forfeited the game. Don't blame him at all. They... Travel, put out the expense to get to Tallahassee. We're ready to go. But the way this is spiking out of control, you got to have a better attitude about that. And I'm sure we will be touching on that later in our favorite segment at the end. He might be just a candidate for our favorite award, but we'll get to that. But yeah, not happy. And, you know, I, I, I understand his frustration, but I think a better way of handling it. And it's just really unfortunate that that game was played, but there's so many games that have been off the board. The Apple Cup is off now. Right. Uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota, I was talking about Badgers having another game canceled. First time in 113 years. They've played every year for the last 113 years. That's now off the books. Probably no way that can be rescheduled. I mean, I guess maybe if Wisconsin isn't eligible for the Big Ten Championship, they might want to. But I think at this point... We're going to uh, miss that matchup this year. Uh, one of the things that's come out of this with all these teams, that basically, if we talked about UCLA and Cal, how they were able to play their game because of you know the situations where logistics made it possible after their games were canceled. You're seeing a little bit more of that. So it comes to BYU, Washington trying to get a game with them because you know Washington's had games canceled. And, Washington's basically accusing BYU of ducking them, you know, after claiming we ain't afraid to take on anyone. And I've heard some interesting takes on why BYU is just saying, nah. But as we will talk about in a second, 
when it came to the college football playoff rankings, they obviously got penalized for their kind of soft schedule. So it probably would have behooved them to actually take Washington up on that. So let's talk about what happened on the field real quickly here. Get away from all the negative stuff for a second. So matchups for last week. So let's see here. Thursday night to start off with, I don't know if you watched the game, but you know, obviously we had the NFL going on at the same time. Great finish with number 25, Tulsa, down to what was it, third string quarterback. Bunch of like fourth down conversions, a Hail Mary. They were able to get to overtime over a very game to lane and actually come out with a hard fought W. Good for them. Number one tied, man, they just beat the you know why out of Kentucky. Wildcats almost felt like they're in a division below the way that looked. And Kentucky's actually had a pretty decent season, but you wouldn't know it by the way the tide destroyed them. 63-3. Uh, the marquee matchup, as I talked about, the Hoosiers and the Buckeyes in the shoe. Great game. I mean, got to give IU credit. I thought maybe they were fool's gold and playing over their head, but they gave Ohio State a very good Ohio State team, which you know easily could be the eventual champion. 42-35 just wouldn't go away. Give the uh, Hoosiers mad props. Great game. Great showcase for that program. Hope they can sustain that in coming years. Florida looked good, taking care of Vandy. Number seven, Cincinnati. You know, that was a great game as well with Central Florida. I was like 36-33. I was watching that. I think that's good for Cincinnati's resume in terms of if they can run the table. You know, obviously, they're, they're coming up with some COVID issues, not so much with them, but with their opponents, and that might crush them. So, second up, BYU, they crushed nobody. Why am I even mentioning it? Another, not necessarily the marquee matchup, but another great game with nine, number 19, Northwestern, and number 10, the Badgers. Talked about last week, you know, Mike Wilbon and Britt McHenry and all those other folks that went to Northwestern and all that kind of stuff. They're happy right now. In fact, I mean, Tony Kernheiser wore the purple tie in honor of Will Bond on Monday. Big win for uh, the Wildcats. That uh, was a very impressive. 17-7. Very happy to see that school. And if they run the table, who knows? Maybe they have a shot. Now here locally, the number 11 Oregon Ducks survived a very close call at home with Chip Kelly's Improved Bruins. I don't know. Chip's coaching there. I think that uh, had they played situational one-on-one, they might have won that game. That silly turnover they had at the end of the half. It was a great game, but I don't know what that does for Oregon's chances for getting into the playoff. don't know if it hurt their credibility with the committee. We'll have to see. Let's see here. We have, you know, Georgia. Yeah, they did they did all right. I mean, you know, Mississippi State, as I say, their season of hell continues. It's, you know, such a promising start, and it's just been all gloom from there. Coastal Carolina, take care of App State. You know, their surprise run continues. I don't know if it's such a surprise, but we're talking about them. Unfortunately for number 21, Liberty, their glass slipper breaks with a 15-14 loss 
in North Carolina State. What a game that was. What a great finish. Was watching that. A lot of fun there. Uh, USC, who I've been really hard on. They look kind of impressive taking care of Utah. Maybe this is a down year for Utah. We'll see. But uh, 33-17, Georgia's look, you know, like, I'm not going to say completely legit. They may have to, like, back off on some of the things I've said about Clay Helton. Maybe just a little. We'll see. But right now, the Trojans, 3-0, telling me to shut up. And Auburn beat uh, Tennessee. Tennessee's season of woe continues. And so that means that the first college football playoff rankings came out. What was that, last night? No surprise. Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State, the top four. Kind of surprising was how low BYU and Oregon are. But as I just pointed out, the committee's not really sold on the type of schedules that they've played in the competition. Somehow, these teams are going to have to have some significant wins somewhere. And Boise beating, I mean, BYU beating a, a weaker-than-usual Boise team apparently doesn't cut it for the committee. Definitely be keeping an eye on that. Okay, away from, you know, the gridiron, as far as the hardwood, all kinds of crazy stuff going on there. Speaking of the Ducks, they're opening with Eastern Washington off because of COVID. A lot of basketball tournaments are at peril, like ASU dropping out of the Empire Classic. Yeah, and... I am really curious to see how far we get. And I told you last week about my alma mater's women's basketball team actually scrapping the season because of opt-outs and people being sick with COVID. Not sure how far we get with basketball, especially it being an indoor game. You know, not going to be playing it with with face coverings and things like that. A lot of travel. Kind of feel that these conferences should stick to conference only just to uh, mitigate this. Not sure some of these tournaments are going forward. I'm sure I'll be talking about it in the weeks to come. But college basketball is off and running. Got to watch my alma mater a little earlier, take care of Westmont. That was a lot of fun. Looking forward to seeing how my matadors do this year. Very excited to see college basketball back. In the dis- disciplinary front, yeah, we got somebody else acting up again. And now we have our man, Mr. Franklin, at Penn State, becoming the latest coach to get in hot water over covering up or ignoring bad behavior by players. In fact, one of his players was telling the cops that coach told us not to say anything. While that probably won't cost Mr. Franklin his job, however, if Penn State continues to be winless, that might be another story, but you really don't like to see this at this time. I think we're hoping we're going to be past that where football players, basketball players, and whatever college sport, these guys having a special immunity, especially the big programs. So if he, it turns out to be true that there's a widespread cover-up in terms of bad behavior and coaches telling the players to be quiet and snitches get stitches kind of stuff, not really going to fly in this very sensitive climate towards that. Another one of those things that we'll definitely be following in the weeks to come. Alrighty. Well, that was an interesting first two blocks as we look at COVID's impact among the pros and on college and a few other things to go along with that as far as the, the roundups go. 
So we'll be back in a minute with another segment. Welcome back. Episode 25, Season 1, Fox Trotting in a Foxhole. Faithful host, Ken Harlan here. Our weekly roundup, what's going on in the world of sport. So, I guess it brings us to our, one of my favorite segments at least. And of course, because it's evolved a little bit now with uh, the other sports on hiatus and sort of combining everything. But this is what's going on in the world of sports or something you should probably know. So what did you probably know this week? Well, some unfortunate news coming out of the Bay Area with Clay Thompson, the fearless shooter, tearing us Achilles Hill. <laughs> Achilles. We're just tearing us Achilles in a pickup game. I guess the word is he will miss the 2021 season, according to Woj. Because obviously, as Woj said it, you know it's true. And it's going to be a fact. Now that guy's gotten so full of himself, but it really sucks for, for the Warriors and obviously Clay. I mean, you know, being a Lakers fan, obviously I'm not the biggest Warrior fan, but I have a lot of respect for Mr. Curry and Clay. Those guys are the best uh, shooting backcourt I've ever seen. Probably the best in history. Anyway, we hope that. Uh, Clay rehabs and does what he has to do to get back on the court. We'll look forward to that. But I, unfortunately for the Warriors and their fans, could be a rough road coming up. Now, obviously, they went out and got Oubre to, to help things out. Still thinking on a very stacked Western Conference. It's only going to help so much. Like I said, you know, get well, Clay. We're looking forward to seeing you again in the 21-22 season. NBA draft, Melo didn't go first, Bennett did. You know, a lot of uh, activity going on after that. Philadelphia trading Horford, they said he braided Golden State. And one of the things that really, um, I don't know, raised eyebrows, you know, the old things that make you go, hmm. Let's talk about Mr. Hayward, Gordon Hayward, who opted out of that $34 million option in Boston and instead signs a four-year, $120 million deal to be with Michael Jordan in the Charlotte Hornets. Am I missing something here? Okay, walking away from $34 million is one thing, and then you said, yeah, okay, because I can do that because I'm going to have a four-year, $30 million a year for the next four years. Guy's not, I mean, he's talented, but he's not really all that. It makes you wonder, you know, I was talking to my roommate about this last week, about, you know, winning the gene the uh, genetic lottery. And, you know, the fact, I mean, you know, I just call it for what it is. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, he's obviously Caucasian in a league full of African-Americans, not an international white player. And so I get that attraction. So that's not, you know, I don't have a problem so much with that. But I'm just thinking $30 million a year, and this guy's always injured. And 
Yeah, well, he's very talented. He's not a difference maker. Yeah, we can argue till the till till the crowd scream on that one, or he's yet to prove that. So I'm just sitting here wondering. I mean, there's like all kinds of I, you know, Harden, you know, opting out of that. What was it, fifty million a year, so he can be with KD and Kyrie? Yeah. You know, I mean, we were in a pandemic with no fans and people are watching their money. It's like, you know, to the networks, you don't want to rebate. Where is all of the money coming from these big contracts? <laughs> right? You saw the, I mean, you know what the ratings were for, for the uh, pandemic campaign. They were horrible. There's no fans. But yet these guys are making hardcore big. I mean... Bam just signed what was a five-year, hundred and thirty-six million dollar extension. I mean, he's definitely a budding talent. You know, I don't want to say elite, but he's definitely a star. And I'm just like going, wow, the, all the money these guys are getting in these contracts. I mean, more power to them, right? Uh, Goran Dragic is going to stay in Miami. Ibaka's going to the Clip Clippers. Yeah, whatever, dude. Montez Harrell is leaving the Clippers to go to the Lakers. That's a smile. Rondo's leaving the Lakers to go to Atlanta. That's a frown, at least for me. And I thought he was a very integral part to the Lakers championship run. Definitely kudos to him. Obviously, want to get one last payday and get a little bit more time. And with the Lakers getting uh, Dennis Schroeder, I can see where his services might have been obsolete. But it would have been great to keep him. But total class act by not signing with the Clippers like a certain someone, which we'll get into a little bit later, wanted was really you know be, you know pinning for. The curious, oh yeah. Also, Marcus Saul went to the Lakers as well. Very good pickup there. Lakers actually look stronger than they did winning the championship. At least the squad they're gonna you know on paper they're gonna fill for the twenty twenty one season. You know, provided everybody stays healthy. Notice that knock on wood. Uh, the curious tales of Bogdanovich continue as he signs with Atlanta, you know, after the offer, you know, he signs Atlanta's offer sheet after the Sacramento Kings had matched it. Brandon Ingram also signs a five-year extension. Very happy for him. It's really sad to see him go, but in order to get AD, you're going to have to give up a budding young talent like that. Got to see that he balled out last year with the Pelicans. Even better that he's getting paid and he's got security for the next five years. Look for that kid to do some wonderful things. Big fan of his. Van Vliet's going to stay in Toronto. Fantastic. And also tell you that the NBA players met with the Pope last week to discuss social justice issues. Hopefully something good comes out of that. Not sure what could, but hey, you can appreciate the gesture. It's good that they got together and conversations are being held. Yeah. So what else is going on? We've also got the Major League Baseball. Not a lot going on there. They did roll out the Hall of Fame ballot. Thought that was kind of interesting. You know, there was like asking like ESPN.com's article on it, asking what newcomers might get in. I was looking at this list, like Mark Burley, Tim Hudson, and Tory Hunter, I guess. Whatever happened to the day when people that were Hall of Famers, it wasn't even a doubt in your mind. Like, I see these, you know, I see Hudson and Burley. I'm like, when really? 
I look at Hudson's record, 222, 133, you know, 349, ERA, you know, all that other fancy stuff that they came up with for the, you know, for the Sabre Freaks. You know, Burley, 214, 163, 381 ERA. It's all right, but whatever happened to the day when you had to have 300 wins? I mean, Kurt Schilling's not in the Hall of Fame. You might let these two bozos in? You may not like Schill and his right wing, you know, speak or whatever. But like I said, we're independent here, so we don't really care what you're, what you do on Twitter, that kind of stuff. I just look at what he did in the 2001 World Series, and even with the Phillies, it's like, when really, if you're gonna let those clowns in, and of course, you know, we're always gonna get to Barry and Roger, sports writers, get over it, let those guys in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may have to fumigate the room afterwards, and it will have a certain stink to it. But, you know, anybody that grew up in that era and what those guys did, steroids aside. Now, I mean, let's not let some of these other clowns in, in there, you know, the uh, Rafael Palmeros and those guys. That's not going to happen. But I think when it comes to somebody like Barry, I think when it comes to Roger, at some point, get over yourselves. And at this point, with all the other hypocrisy going on in the world, even this goes against what I've said for years. Let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame for crying out loud at this point. You know, right? You know, if Nazi war criminals could have gotten the free pass, how where does Major League Baseball get off on its high horse? You know, you made your point. You know, don't pull a Leo DeRocher and wait till the guy's dead to let him in. And especially with Bonds and Clemens, same thing. Just get over yourself. I mean, that's the way I see it. All righty. Well, that was a quick, fun break. Or I shouldn't say break, but I should say, uh, boy, I guess doing this at night just has me stumbling all over my words and everything else. Nonetheless, I really have a great time doing this. And as I try to get better, you know, we're going to stumble and make mistakes. And as I say every week, we're out to improve. And so that's why we just go out and do this and not really caring so much right now about how many people are listening? I'm hoping some people are, and that we're going to build this, and that the more quality that we can produce, the more people will want to listen. By the way, tell your friends, and, buy, and keep an eye out for our companion podcast, The Scene. I've got some people that have been lined up in this the world according to COVID. It's hard to get our logistics together, but... Uh, I feel like we're going to have two or three of these episodes stacked upon one another. So coming up here quick, going to be out in the field here after, after Turkey Day doing a, uh, an interesting interview. And I actually might be able to secure one or two more coming up. I'm really excited about that. I'm taking my time because, you know, everybody's busy and everybody's got their, uh, I don't know, apprehensions and you know, safety, wives, kids, you know. Nana and an auntie and all this other stuff to protect. So I understand that. So we're going to be patient with that. But like this, patience and the quality and the fun will come with that. Okay, we'll be back in a little bit. Welcome back. Fox Trotting in a Foxhole. Episode 25, Season 1. If 
Beautiful host, Kevin Harlan here. Okay, another one of my favorite segments. Well, they're all my favorite segments. What am I talking about? That's, you know, I get to create the content. So, of course, I like it all. I hope it gets informative to all of you out there. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, feedback, you know, this is a hey. So, yeah, we've got some, you know, obviously some very, very sad news as we begin our next segment, which we call The Beautiful Game Live, which looks at what's going on in the world of football proper or soccer, depending on what you call it. But, yeah, you know, a, a true titan of the sport left us today, Diego Maradona. Uh, I don't know. Words can't really justify what the man meant to the sport. Obviously, if you go back to the 86 World Cup, the uh, superstar over in Europe. In fact, uh, Napoli is going to uh, rename their stadium. Yeah, it just wouldn't be justice other than to know that when you see all the tributes, all the greats, Pele, CR7, Messi, Jordan, I mean, Jurgen Klopp, Mike Tyson, it's just ridiculous in terms of the outpouring. You know, obviously, football proper not being the main sport in this country. You still, okay, if you want, like I was watching uh, Champions League earlier, and they cut in and was showing uh, the people in Argentina mourning his passing. The guy I work with in Bolivia was saying, yeah, this whole country's mourning. Major, major, major passing. It's, you know, I mean, be the same as like Jordan passing away for us or Tom Brady. It's just that big. It's 60, you know, obviously far too early for a great like that. Uh, the world of sport is going to be a, le a lot less brighter. I mean, just the guy, the personality. Like I said, words can't, you know, anything I say can't really just, you know, do justice to what this man meant to the world of sport. Um, our thoughts go out to his family, you know, all of the teammates and all the people that he touched, and obviously the fans that, you know, admired what he did. You know, like I said, uh, the world of the beautiful game is, you know, a little bit dimmer without Madonna. Rest in peace. So we had Champions League over the last few days. Probably one of the reasons why this is coming out later because I wanted to make sure that we got some coverage to it. A lot of interesting stuff on this match day, number four, I believe it is. Start out with my boys, the Red and Blues, PSG, who <coughs> last time we talked were on uh, the precipice of maybe being sent to the Europa League. Did themselves a favor and actually repaid the favor and beat Leipzig this time 1 0. Very unimpressive, I might add. I mean, they won a, a Neymar penalty. I'm not sure that was a penalty. If so, it was very soft. You know, as a Red and Blues fan, we'll take it. But it was a, a very unimpressive showing, other than the fact they defended well. You know, obviously with Kaylor Novice on the pipes, you know, with a clean sheet. Pins and needles, definitely. PSG's definitely not out of the woods. Still could be playing Europa League, but they gave themselves a boost in the arm as they continue to get a little bit healthier. It was good to see Verratti back on the pitch. But yeah, right now, not looking that good. 
one of the other great storylines is for this match day, the Americans on parade. Giorania for Borussia Dortmund. Fantastic had the assist as Wonder Boy continued his goal scoring rampage in the UCL. Well, just period, right? Holland is just that guy is so amazing. Yeah, I hope PSG can somehow bring him over someday. But obviously our little banter back and forth after our little matchup in the Champions League in the spring, that's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> but anyways, and then we also have, you know, Sergino Dest who scored for Barcelona, first American to score for that. Uh kid from Juventus. Really good to see um, after years of the program floundering. I talked about last week how solid uh, the Americans looked in the international break. Uh, that's was what was what was balling there. It's good to see him to you know showing out for Barcelona. Kenny's doing fantastic. You know, obviously Wonder Boy for Chelsea. Yeah, it's really good to see the young Yanks making inroads over in Europe. It's great for the MLS. Fantastic stuff. Uh, let's see here we have Juventus, you know, very, very close to being upset. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this. Friend Verkavos, I believe it is, but they needed a stoppage time winner. I mean, it came in like the 91st or 92nd uh, minute. Would have been a big win for the other squad. Obviously, it didn't happen. Manchester United. Cruz at Old Trafford taking care of the folks from Istanbul. Was that like 4 1? Chelsea 2, Rim 1. City took care of Olympiacos 1 0. Real Madrid beat 10 man Inter. And I think the shocker of this match day has to be Atalanta blanking Liverpool 2 0. And I know they've had some issues with, with COVID and whatnot, but they always, you know. Floating Atalanta's boat. Now you see. You know, why we barely got past them in, in, in last year's Champions League, which was over the summer, so it wasn't that long ago. But yeah, these guys are for real. Really impressed with what they continue to be impressed. Uh, 10 men, Byron Munich, locked up Salzburg 3-1. Lewa, once again, scoring goals, because that's what the man does. Always impressive as far as that goes. Atletico Madrid, Lokomotiv Moscow, played to a 0-0 draw today. And of course, something that puts a smile on my face, Porto hands Marseille its, its record 13th straight defeat in Champions League, and they are on their way to Europa League. Oh boy, that really bothers me so much. Both teams are down a man as well. So let's talk about what happened in the leagues last week. Heading into Champions League, PSG loses to Monaco after being up 2-0. You know, you have to wonder how long Thomas Tuchel can keep his job based on what happened with Leipzig. And then, you know, before that with Monaco, you know, team looked like world beaters for about 21, 25 minutes in that range. And all of a sudden, nothing. And just, I mean, looked bewildered just to see Monaco just power past them that way. Not good. They're still up by two in League One, so that's good for them. Bordeaux shocked Ren, and Lyon took care of Angers. And everybody's favorite the Premier League. The Spurs take the lead, take the top of the table with a 2-0 win over Manchester City. 
Yeah, did you see the chosen one? Oh, he was just beaming. Always good to see that guy happy. Good to see the Spurs, you know, balling out. Yeah, heck yeah. Chelsea took care of business. Man, you took care of business. As did as did Everton. Liverpool took care of Leicester City 3-0. Not sure what happened to him in Champions League. Ten man Arsenal and Leeds played to a 0-0 draw. Yeah, yeah. Over in Syria, the Ageless Wonder, our favorite, DC Latan, scores two more goals as AC Milan takes care of Napoli. And all those brace powers you've been at Atalanta had played to a 0 0 draw, but obviously they were holding back for their fantastic performance today against Liverpool. La Liga. Uh, Atletico Madrid beat Barcelona for the first time in a decade, which means the man in black, this was his first win against Barcelona. Crazy, right? When you think about how often those squads get together. Yeah. And El Madrid and Villarreal, 1-1. Bundesliga. Byron, obviously, saving his energy for today's Champions League match. That was 1-1. Anyways... So what's kind of going on over there? Game that I was just telling you about. Chivas actually won 1 0 for what it's worth. So let's go to my favorite, the MLS. What's going on in the domestic side of things? Well, a heck of a lot. So the cup playoffs began last week. We started with the play in games, which were uh, last Thursday night. As I told you about COVID affecting Inter Miami. With Gonzalo and Frederico out due to COVID. Not surprisingly, Nashville, led by Defensive Player of the Year, former LAFC and FC Dallas stalwart Walker Zimmerman. Fantastic. I know everybody in Nashville is happy. It's a wonderful story there. And the other play-in game, which I thought was fantastic, you know, the Rebs actually getting a step a stoppage time goal to get past the impact. So that led to what we had were the opening round after the playing games, which were playing on Saturday, Sunday, and last night. Saturday, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, geez, Orlando City edges New York City six five in penalties and a very strange finish, which saw a red card given. Just to, I mean, just a very bizarre. If you watched that match, it was obviously I think it was on uh, TUDN, I believe. But I obviously was watching that well along with watching college football and all that good stuff. But the more bizarre finishes, you're just like going, "What's going on here?" Uh, MLS announced the crew that uh, officiated that match won't will not be given any more assignments for the rest of the MLS Cup playoffs because it was such a fiasco. But hey, Orlando City's magical year continues, and New York City is asking themselves WTF. And speaking of the other New York team, the crew took care of them, so see you, New York. <coughs> Basically all I can say there, on Sunday, FC Dallas shocks the Timbers. That went to... Extra time and also penalties. Sporting Kansas City advances as uh, Timias <laughs> stopped 
all of San Jose's three penalty kicks, which I thought was crazy. Another match went the full 90, another 30 minutes of extra time and going to the penalty kick shootout. Some crazy stuff going the first weekend. And I know that the um, Euro snobs are just whining, just saying this is atrocity. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, if you want to be over in Europe, take your butt over there. You know, we do. We have playoffs in America, and I think that get off your elitism. This was great TV, great competition, uh, great for the fans of all those teams, and great for all of us watching. If we can, you know, get out of the clouds for five minutes and go, oh wow, this was a real league. The regular season winner. You know, we'll have something to say about that here real quick. But anyways, fantastic stuff. You know, with Sporting Kansas City and FC Dallas. A little bit shocking about Portland. You know, Portland's come across a little injury trouble, but I still were one of my favorites to actually come out of the West. Really shocking to see them get knocked out of the first round. Uh, yeah, the Loons look very impressive, taking care of Colorado. Some justice there, as Colorado had no business being in these playoffs considering all the problems that caused the league with all the mismatches and having to go to a weighted former legend of the who was actually in. Not shedding any tears about the Rapids going home. Now, let's get to Tuesday. Oh, boy. Boy, there's a lot to say about this. <clears throat> so, let's just start out with uh, my boys, the Black and Gold. That would be the Los Angeles Football Club. The league darlings. Um... One of them are <clears throat> energetic fan bases and at the same time delusional. Anyway, LAFC picked by many to walk away with the MLS Cup or being one of the favorites. Well, for the third straight year, they've been knocked out of the playoffs. Second year in a row by Seattle, 3-1 last night. Seattle was clearly the better team, looking at defending champions. LAFC, the time's very bewildered. Yes, we didn't have Diego Rossi and three others due to COVID, and that had a major impact. Bradley Wright Phillips only being able to go 45 minutes. As an LAFC fan, it was very disappointing. And, you know, listening to all of our fans, you know, split down the middle. You've got the realists like myself who are just like saying, stop throwing rose petals at these guys' feet. You know, right? Let's you know. Let's, let's actually win a cup. Let's actually win some games that matter. The folks are like, "Oh, you're too harsh. Oh, you guys don't understand. This was a real league, and it just very frustrating." Waking up this morning, knowing that LAFC once again will not be playing for a league cup, especially as much talk about them. I mean, you know, this has been a <clears throat> great great example of how to start a franchise and it's really hard as a fan that has high expectations to take a step back and really appreciate what they've done in three years and, and it's true and they are truly um the shining example of how to set up a franchise how to build a fan base how to get excitement how to put a quality product on, on, on the pitch but at some point, you all got to get it done. You can't sit here and shower these guys with all these praise. And then when it matters, you pull 
the Harry Houdini and disappear. Last night it disappeared. Yeah, there were extenuating circumstances, but you know what? You're you deal with the hand that's dealt with you. Champions, you know, rise to the occasion and somehow find a way to get it done. And so far, LAFC has not learned how to get that done. A lot of people calling for Bob Bradley's head. Boy, that's really tough. I mean, you know, Bob, he is LAFC. I'd be kind of inclined to maybe try something different at this point. Uh, if they continue to go with Bradley, I have no problems with that. Um, but still very disappointing. Now, on the other match, and this also has kind of an LAFC connection, as LAFC being the 2019 Supporters' Shield winner, well, the 2020 Supporters' Shield winner, Philadelphia Union, you know that the Supporters' Shield goes to the team that accumulates the most points in the regular season. Points by being the combination of wins and draws. Well, Philadelphia Union winning the Supporters' Shield, gee whiz. They're on their way home. With my point being, well, the supporters shield, well, that's a great honor, doesn't carry that much weight. And like when we won it last year, <laughs> that was all fine and dandy, but you don't put anything on your jersey. You don't put those stars for winning the supporters shield. More, it's even more impressive, in my opinion, winning the U.S. Open Cup. Well, we have some dog outside of the studio that's acting foolish. I'm sure it's coming up on the mic. I apologize for that, but hey, this is what happens when you do the show at night. <laughs> and your studio is not soundproof. You know what? We haven't quite generated the revenue to get Boob Talk Studios <laughs> that luxury yet. Yeah, so anyways, back to the Rebs and the Union. Rebs take down the supporting shield 2-0. A lot of excitement for Philadelphia, but once again... Getting it done in the regular season means nothing in the MLS. you got to get it done in the playoffs to get the cup. I personally like that. I know, as I just talked about, the Euro snobs pull their hair out. You know, they lose sleep at night over it. You know, they, they consider like, wow, this is why the rest of the world thinks we're a joke. Hello? Football proper slash soccer isn't the most popular sport in this country. When it is, then we can really care about what the rest of the world thinks. Okay, you have to get to that point. The fact that nobody here is 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 that crazy. And, you know, I mean, MLS is popular enough, but I'm just speaking in terms of these folks that you know feel we have to be on par with Europe or do everything the same way. As I've said, the playoffs are very exciting. Uh, we had like three, four matches go to penalty kicks. Another go to extra time. Uh, yeah, I think when you're a fan of LAFC, like, like LAFC and you're a new team and you have a mix of folks getting introduced to the game and then, you know, hardcore, you know, snots about it, you get this kind of reaction. And yeah, I know it is kind of frustrating when you see the rest of the world, but Champions League operates on a playoff style, as I've said before. And you, I'll argue with you till the, till the Crows pick up the ukulele. As far as why this is a fantastic format and it works for this league. All right, folks. Another great block. We'll come back, talk a little NFL in a few minutes. All right. Peace.
Welcome back to Boom Talk Studios. Fox trying in a foxhole. Episode 25, season 1. Coming to you at 9.43 on a Wednesday night. Definitely late for this. Uh, usually we post these a little bit earlier, record these a little bit earlier. Hey, it's been a weird week. Finally found enough time to squeeze this in after a few... Um, Aborted attempts <laughs> to try to record this, and now we're just bearing, hunkering down. Anyways, let's get down to our last segment. Let's talk about what's going on in the No Fun League. We'll start out with some sad news that uh, Miami Dolphin great safety Jake Scott, MVP in Super Bowl Seven, that came at the expense of my Redskins, he played a fantastic game. He passed away at 75. Back in the day, Guy was a baller. Um, the no-name defense, Bill Arnsbarger, definitely one of the cogs there. A true NFL great. Um, our condolences go out to his uh, family, all the Dolphin fans that grew up watching him in the 70s. Truly a bad, bad, bad mamma in the secondary. Those Dolphin teams, I mean, they went undefeated. He's part of the crew that would pop champagne every year. When, you know, the first team gets his loss. And by the way, the Steelers are 10-0, so I think we're all we're down to is Mercury Morris at this point. Anyways, you know, truly, you know, hardcore passing Madonna, Jake Scott, so many people. 2020's really been a bitch. Straight up. So, you know that Drew Brees went to the Drew uh, Preserve? What has he got? Uh, 14 broken ribs and some other complications. And, of course, we were wondering whether or not it was going to be Mr. Hill or Jameis getting the start. Well, Mr. Hill got the start. Tennessee's Jadavion Clowney went to the ER with a knee injury. Tough week for the young guns as Joe Burrow tore his MCL, ACL, and sustained other structural damage game against the Washington football team. Tua gave the Dolphins a scare when he went down. They benched him. It was a coaching decision. I'm not buying that. They saw how he got twisted and just said, uh-uh, uh-uh, we got two. This is our future right here. Fitz is more than capable. Wild stuff. Also, Doug Peterson came out to support Carson Wentz, basically saying all, these, all this talk about benching him in spite of his erratic play would send the wrong message. I don't know in that crappy division at three six and one. I mean, it's a it's wrong to begin with. It's a non-starter, so I don't even know where you go there. Is Jalen Hurts the answer? Probably not, but I can't blame people for wanting to see what he might be able to do for the Eagles. I mean, they're leading the division at three six and one. Imagine that. All right, let's talk about what went down on the field. So it started off Thursday night with a titanic matchup with the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Russ got the cooking again, and the Hawks avenged their loss. 28-21, fantastic game. Kyler comes up a bit short after the heroics last week. Nonetheless, the Cardinals are a very scary team. Go to the Washington-Cincinnati game. Really unfortunate what happened to Joe Burrow. Um, really hoping for a speedy recovery. Hopefully he gets back on the field. In 2021, but you know, tore ACL, tore MCL, could be a dicey proposition. Unfortunately, it happened. That Washington defense, man, 
taking a toll on quarterbacks, man. I mean, even Stafford was a little bit banged up, you know, right, coming into this week. You know, yeah, we've, we've put the licking, starting to get a bad rep. You know, obviously saw what happened to Andy Dal Dalton earlier. Anyways, Alex Smith, another impressive game. Gets his first win since 2018. Definitely on his way to comeback player of the year. Washington football team gets his third win, 20-9. Plays Dallas tomorrow. Oh boy, what fun. The Browns, who I keep calling fool's gold. Well, hey, they're 8-3. and three. Took care of the Eagles. As we talked about Carson Wentz, their descent into the basement continues, even though they were leading that division. But Wentz was awful. Did you see that pick that he that pick six that he threw? I mean, that's the kind of crap you see on, you know, the sandlot. You know, or, right, something you may see in a bad JC game. You know, something right when you, like, watch that, what is that, you know, that, that, that show on Netflix, right? Last Chance You. So it's just something you see there. It's just... It, for an NFL quarterback, not seeing it. As I said a second ago, I understand those people who want to see Jalen Hurts. Not a good situation in Philadelphia. Not a good situation in the NFC least. So, when it comes to the Saints, as we talked about Hill, they got past Atlanta, kind of cruised. The Lions go back to being Detroit in a very bad performance at, at, at Carolina. Got beat and shut out by XFL refugee. What's up with that? I think a lot of it had to do with Stafford's hand being pretty banged up after the beating he took at the, at the expense of the, of the Washington football team. Steelers go to 10-0. I mean, they play the Jags. It's almost like, why do we even have that game? Why do we even risk anybody getting COVID? Should have just awarded the Steelers the game and not even bothered with that. But hey, 10-0. Mercury, Mercury Morris put the champagne on ice for another week. Steelers are still rolling. Tennessee beating Baltimore. I think it poses more questions about the Ravens in terms of their ability to beat a quality opponent. We talked about Tennessee last week in, in Indy. You know, not so sold on Tennessee yet. Even more scratching my head about Baltimore. Um... I'm not sure when it comes to like being a contender, yeah, playoff team, but you know, not seeing it right now. Miami, who we were really high on, you got a wonder losing to the Broncos. I mean, a lot of head scratching going on there. I mean, yeah, they had a chance to win it at the end, you know, and obviously Tua having the scare, you know, with Fitz, you know, that Fitz magic just wasn't there. Bad pick in the end zone. Close that game off. It's really good to see Herbie get a win at the expense of the horrible Jets. Game was a lot closer than I thought it would be, which I know we are just madly in love with Herbert and what he's doing. But I look at his team and sometimes just go, yeah. But as we always say, Terry Bradshaw was 1-13 in 1969. So there are... So, Troy Aikman, 1-15 back in 1989. So, not panic yet. But, you know, I sit there and say, you only beat the crappy Jets by six. You know, you start to wonder. Because the Jets are not a good football team. Straight up. I think we can all agree on that. The Colts, as we talked about last week, they're, they're continuing the rise. They're going to win that division. The Pack, I think we can call them pretenders. 
yeah, sure, Aaron Rodgers can do his thing. And but yeah, when they play a tough team, you you push them back. Not really sure how they lost that game, but they did. And once again, you may, you have to ask yourself, are the Packers really all that? Right now, I'm not feeling it. Not feeling good at all with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then we have, you like that, and them boys. Not really shocking that Dallas wins this game. As a uh, fan of the, of the Washington football team and knowing Kurt Cousins in and out and his struggles against the Cowboys, he loses to the Cowboys again. Wow. Big surprise there. You know, Vikings have been kind of a disappointment, but, you know, kind of turning things around. Russell went for the Cowboys, I guess. Man, that catch with C.D. Lamb. Doing both, you know, pretty spectacular stuff. Highlight for any year. Big win for the Cowboys. It's a Washington football team, both 3-7. and seven. Actually, it's a game that matters, even though the records are something out of the uh, outhouse. Definitely, I'll be watching. Wow. And then, of course, we've got the Mahomes magic. You know, the Raiders, as I talked about in the opening segment, obviously, you know, the COVID problems they had played great. But, you know, a minute and 40 left. That's way too much time. You know, this Mahomes is definitely backing up the talk. I railed on him at the beginning of the year saying, let's not rush to, like, make him a goat. And I still say, let's not. But you have to be impressed. And that guy can just move the team down the field just like melted butter being spread on toast. It's just, it's really impressive to watch that kid. Not sure what I feel about the Raiders. You know, everybody really gave them some kudos, obviously, with their win at Arrowhead and almost winning there. But, you know, they still have this uh, capacity to stumble. Really liking what I'm seeing with Carr. You know, I've said that he was a bust before, but hey, he's looking pretty elite. But just kind of feel that at the end of the day, that team comes up short in terms of being in the conversation of really being a serious threat to win the AFC. Just the way I see it. All righty. So we have reached that time, actually. And this is episode's a little bit shorter. Surprisingly, I thought it would be longer, but hey, that's okay. Gives you time to go do something else. So it's TMA time. The Turd McCrory Award. You know, that time of the week where we give our silver bowls out. And like I said last week, we had to come up with, you know, the... Uh, the complimentary version, as opposed to the real big bowl that we give out every week. So don't be surprised if on certain weeks that we give out multiple TMAs. And this week is no doubt. In this particular case, two people are fitting of it. Dabo gets the main one. I mean, a little humility, a little sensitivity. <laughs> We're in a pandemic, dude. Yeah, I know, it's a hardship, but you can't sit there and act like a little 12-year-old like this. It, it just was such a poor look and just such a position of entitlement. It's hard for everybody. You knew having a college football season was going to have all sorts of roadblocks, obstacles. We're trying to get through this thing together. Yes, Florida State has its problems, I just think that the way you went about this, you get the big bowl of turds. Stainless steel. 
Now, the complimentary version that we give out when we need to give this to multiple people, Skip Bayless has to get one as well. And, you know, I'm always railing on that, dude. But come on, this hate for LeBron has taken such a delusional. I mean, rooting for Rondo and then whining when he went to the Atlanta Having praise for Montez Harrell when he was on the Clippers, now he plays the Lakers all of a sudden because the Clippers get a Baca. It's advantage Clippers. I mean, just the crap that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, it's part of a stick, but it's just at this point, get over it, right? Nobody in their right mind thinks LeBron's ever going to pass Jordan, even if he gets the six titles. LeBron's a all-time great. Leave it at that. But this ongoing obsession and just... Sitting here, you know, rooting for people to sign. It's just like, you know, almost to the point where you don't even care about your spurs anymore. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you deserve a full-size bowl of turds the way you've been been acting. But it's ridiculous. I mean, the Brady thing is, is, is annoying enough. But this ongoing obsession with LeBron, just like, really, dude, get over it already. All right? You know, can't you find something else to talk about? A lot of things going on in the wonderful world of sports, but yet you and Uncle Shake can sit there and just beat us over the head with this nonsense day in and day out. Anyway, all right, so that's the Troy McCrory Awards for the week. We've reached another week. COVID definitely getting stronger, eating those steroids, grabbing the gun. Grabbing the knife, the baseball bat, just arm the bell, just, you know, screw everything up and throw a monkey wrench into everything. We know this week's going to be difficult with the Thanksgiving holiday, so everybody out there, be safe, continue the social distance, wear your mask, you know, sanitize, do all those things so we can get back to going to our games, going to our concerts, hanging out with one another. All that crap that I say every week. It's not crap. It's actually, you know, things we really want. But, you know, I say the same thing every week. Anyway, be safe, y'all. Enjoy turkey. Eat. Have lots of adult beverages in your small groups, mind you. Keep an eye out for the next episode of the Companion Podcast. I'm hoping to get that all solidified, done, and actually, uh, you know, posted before the weekend's over. This will be up later tonight. Anyway, got a lot of good stuff coming up this weekend. The whatever it's called, this between Oregon and Oregon State. Be keeping an eye on that on Friday. Iron Bowl. Steelers and Ravens now on Sunday. Football tomorrow. All kinds of beautiful game this weekend. MLS Cup playoffs. A lot of good stuff to talk about. Obviously, you know, the... The, 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 the off-season NBA stuff. Heck, the guys are going to be playing here, you know, in less than a month. So everything's moving fast. Exciting times. So we will see you in, you know, six or seven days. Meanwhile, have fun, be safe, eat, drink, and be merry. Talk to you next week.